When I got to the end of January this year, I realized there was something very wrong with my mindset, with my business, and I needed to do something about it. So I ended up taking February off, which, hi, if you didn't notice, (laughs) this is the first podcast episode in a little while. And I wrote in my journal on the 28th of January, actually, I've got it here in front of me. In February, I will step up radically for my mental health and well-being. February is self-love central. And that was what I did. And I wanted to unpack the lessons from this month of February and reflect on it a little bit, share some insights with you, because as my regular listeners will know, for me, business and entrepreneurship is all about the balance of skills, about pushing yourself, challenging yourself, but it's also the balance of mindset and managing that. And it can be really difficult at any stage of business, even for someone like me who's four years down the track and, you know, you might think she's probably got it sussed by now. (laughs) There are things that challenge us and go wrong all the time in our business that force us to really reflect back on what's happening internally. And I wanted to just record this very casual, candid, open and honest podcast episode for you because February was hard for me. It was really hard actually to force myself to slow the F down and push projects that I was really excited about. I pushed them, you know, till March, till April. And there was a lot of resistance for me to do that. It went against what a lot of my brain wanted to do, but I had to make that choice and I'll I'll go into that shortly. But I just crunched the numbers for (laughs) recording today's episode. I'm recording this on, on March 1st. And February was still a 20K month for me. Even though I reduced my hours, I worked a lot of four-day weeks and a lot of, you know, four-hour days even at some points. And that's mind-blowing to me. So I really wanted to talk through this with you. And yeah, I hope you enjoy this very open a little bit nerve-wracking interview, or not interview, I'm not interviewing myself, but this nerve-wracking episode ahead. So let's rewind a little bit. The title of today's episode is Burnout and Therapy. Burnout being what really happened to me in January, and therapy is something that's actually been happening behind the scenes in my personal life for quite a few months now, and It's something I've, funnily enough, been so open talking to people about in my coaching calls, in my, you know, strategy calls with clients, with my uh, coaching calls with my students and in both my mastermind and in my other courses. And I think it's one of those things that sometimes it's actually easier to talk about with strangers on the internet than with close family and friends. And for me, I'm someone that had never been to therapy before. And last year, I kind of had this moment where I ticked off some pretty massive life goals and business goals. And I'd hit the 20k month milestone in in NZD. And things were going really great in my business. Like that that level of business that I was operating at that I hit in, in 2022 was everything that I dreamed of four years ago. Like the Past Alan would be shook, (laughs) let's put it that way. I was living my dream. But despite all of that, I had this internal kind of feeling bubbling up that I just felt a bit flat. 
Like I was living the dream. So why wasn't I happy every single day? Or why did I still have this nagging emptiness inside me? And I actually up- uploaded a little TikTok about this recently. If you follow me there, if, if, if you don't, um, I'm posting really good content. I'm loving my TikTok at the moment. So definitely I'll, I'll drop the link in the description of today's episode if you want to check it out and follow me. But I uploaded this TikTok, which really summed it up for me. Last year, I realized that I had built my business off the basis of proving people wrong. Everything I did was about proving other people that I could be successful. And that can be a really strong motivator. I obviously it got me to where I am today. So I don't want to, you know, discredit that journey. Everything, every decision I've made, everything that's happened in my life has gotten me where I am today. And I'm very grateful for that. But it all kind of came to a head last year when I achieved my goals and I felt nothing because of the motivation behind everything. It was all about proving people wrong. But when you do it, you do the thing, you tick off all the goals and you can be like, aha, I did it, proved you wrong. It doesn't actually give you any sense of joy, any sense of happiness or fulfillment. And that was kind of an interesting situation for me to navigate because it felt like I'd been building to something and then there was like no reward. (laughs) There was no, you know, woohoo, victory is mine. It was just kind of like, well, this is life now. Like it's cool, but that didn't make me feel better proving people wrong. It didn't make me feel like a success. It wasn't like overnight. I was like, cool. Okay. Tick that box. I now feel amazing and invincible. And I think that's the problem with using the idea of proving others people wrong as your motivation for the entirety of of your business. It's not actually going to leave you fulfilled in life. So that was the turning point that I had in 2022. And it's not to say that I was depressed, that I was, you know, in a deep, dark cave. It was just this feeling of, I, I felt like life could be better. Life could be brighter. And I really wanted to learn to navigate, to enjoy and be content with all of the beautiful things I was experiencing rather than just fixating on the future and this idea of proving my worth. And that was when I started looking into therapy. And I wanted to explain that kind of backstory because I think for a lot of us, we feel therapy has some pretty big negative you know, connotations to that word. It's a weighty word. If you say, hey, I'm in therapy, people are like, oh gosh, what's wrong with her? (laughs) Well, maybe not everyone. I'm hoping you guys listening aren't thinking that. (laughs) But it's definitely something, I think, especially throughout the last couple of decades and generations where it's been thought of badly. And if you go to therapy, there must be something deeply, deeply wrong with you. Like you're a very troubled person. That's the feeling that I think many of us have carried around therapy. And that's why we avoid doing it, right? And we we are too worried about what other people might think. And eventually I got to the point where I wasn't really sleeping too well. And that's not uncommon for me in life. (laughs) I'm someone who has a very active brain at night. And ever since I can remember, even like being in school, like I would get anxious about exams or any kind of social event, or even if I was just excited, like I just couldn't sleep. Or it would just be a standard Wednesday night and my body was just like, I am awake. 
So it's always been something that I've struggled with. But one thing that I learned in therapy is actually how your brain chemistry changes at night. And one thing my therapist said is you can't really trust any thought your brain has after like nine o'clock at night or after bedtime because it does tend to panic, right? Does anyone else get the feeling like in the evening they suddenly become so much more paranoid or they start thinking about everything that could go wrong, they start catastrophizing? That was something that I was really struggling with. And again, everything was going really well in life and business and I felt like my brain was fighting against me trying to create problems. <laughs> it was trying to create the drama and that was when I was lying awake one night being like I just don't feel good and I want to talk to someone about it and I have really supportive friends and family and my boyfriend and it's funny because often my boyfriend and I joke that I'll go see my therapist and she'll tell me something and I'll have this epiphany and then I'll come back and tell him. And he's like, you do realize those are the exact words I said to you like two days ago. And I'm like, mm -hmm, yep, but I needed my therapist to tell me. <laughs> and I think there is something about having, you know, a professional come in and tell you things, but also someone who has this, this background and deep understand, understanding of the human brain who can give you real strategy. Someone, you know, it's the reason why you hire a business coach, right? You have someone who has all of the experience, who has worked with so many other people, who knows the strategies that are most effective, and they are the specialist. And I've kind of really changed my perspective around how I look at therapy as well. It's one of the things that encouraged me to go. And it was actually something I saw on TikTok. And it was around how therapy can actually be seen as executive coaching for business owners. Like you are coaching your brain to be in the right place so that you can perform at peak, right? And I really liked that shift in mindset. I also forgot to mention at the beginning of this episode that I'm recording this on the floor of my bedroom because it's the only room with like solid furniture in it in the moment because we're moving house and my office is empty and I thought it would echo. Um, but now I can hear my, my neighbors outside my house. So hopefully the microphone isn't picking that up. But anyway, diving back into today's conversation. For me, going to therapy was all about just helping me reframe things a little bit, helping me find strategies for my anxiety, for my sleep, and feeling just overall better. Again, there wasn't anything drastically wrong with me. I didn't have a serious mental breakdown. I didn't have a serious mental illness. But I think this is why a lot of people say, you know, everyone should go to therapy, because I think even if you don't struggle with a mental illness, Everyone can benefit from better understanding their brain, from better understanding their emotions and how to just manage life because we all go through challenging things. And sometimes there are funny little wirings in our brain that are there to work against us. Again, one of the favorite things that I've learned in, in my sessions is this kind of caveman mind practices that are still ingrained in the way that we think. And one of those things is like the fight or flight mode. You know, our body is used to, or back in the day day, <laughs> when humans, you know, lived in caves, 
we would be thinking about lions and all of these crazy animals that could eat us or what could kill us next. And we don't have those same, I guess, challenges in the modern world. I'm not going to walk out my door and get eaten by a lion. <laughs> but the, the, the kind of the structure of our brain still carries that fear. It's looking for something to be scared of. And this is what I was talking about earlier with your brain being able to like catastrophize things in, in the evening. So for me, it was like thinking about all of the crazy things that could go wrong in business or X, Y, and Z and a project I was working on and what that meant. And it was my brain just in a protective state. My brain was trying to protect me because that's what it's always done. That's what our brain is designed to do, protect us from danger. But it can go a little bit too far sometimes. <laughs> it can go too far into protecting us from danger that it actually causes us a lot of damage. If we're constantly thinking about all the things that can go wrong, if we're reading into every scenario, looking for a reason why something is wrong and trying to put blame onto something, that again is just like how our brain is wired. I also talk about a lot, I did this, I talked about this in my book as well, about how our brain naturally has a negative bias, <laughs> how naturally we're always thinking negative first rather than positive and we do need to rewire that and we do need to practice those mindfulness um, practices uh, to, to do that rewiring. And again, that was a, a big topic in, in my book because at the time of writing that, I was going through through therapy and, and really and I really wanted to share what I was learning and how that was changing my life in the book. And that really kind of brings me to January. I thought I was in a really good place, guys. And <laughs> this is the thing about life. We can feel rested, we can feel like we're in a good place, and then life throws us a curveball or a challenge. And for me, I kind of threw it at myself <laughs> by launching my book. But I honestly thought I was so ready. Like I had had the December, Christmas, New Year break where I'd managed to take some really good time off. I had reduced my client load down a little bit so I could focus more on the book. I had my marketing plan ready to go. And what happened in January is it really was a big challenge for me to launch that book. And I don't think I really realized how much of a challenge it could be because for so long in my business, I have probably stayed in a very comfortable place of doing what I know. Like social media management, social media strategy, I can do that in my sleep. <laughs> I have been doing that for four years now and I'm so confident at it. Any question someone throws me, I have an answer for it. And likewise with my courses, that was something that was new. You know, I started doing courses two years ago and I'm still evolving, learning new things, developing new technique, techniques and, and scaling those. But the basis of those parts of my business, I'm very comfortable with and I know what I'm doing. And I don't think I realized how new the world of publishing and self-publishing would be for me to go through. And I was doing it all by myself as well. You know, I had my contractors do some proofreading, editing, my sister do my book design. But other than that, everything was on me. And I'll be totally honest with you guys, launching my book, I didn't hit any of my goals in terms of orders and downloads on the ebook and everything. It has been a slow process. 
And I talk so much (laughs) to my students about not comparing yourself to others, focusing on your own journey, working on your mindset, believing in yourself. And it was the first time in a long time that I found it very difficult myself to draw on those teachings, those things that I tell people every day, I was struggling to tell myself. And one of the things that I found myself doing at the end of January was just, I was just exhausted. I felt like everything was a battle. That was the way that I described it. Getting up, getting out of bed, doing the bare minimum workload for my clients. And then I I couldn't even think about going for a walk or working out or making dinner. I just would collapse on the couch and be just exhausted. And the only thing I wanted to do was watch a Netflix movie. And it was really strange for me as someone who is very ambitious, who is very energetic. And to go through that towards the end of January, I was like, yo, something is wrong here. I can't believe I just said yo on a podcast. <laughs> my, my boyfriend is turning me South African, okay? <laughs> and yeah, I was just... I just felt like something wasn't right. But conveniently, your girl had her therapy appointment booked in, which I think is another great thing about continued therapy, right? Like when things pop up, when challenges arise, you have a support person. And like I said, the book publishing journey was very lonely for me because I didn't have a publisher, an agent or someone above me to help guide me on this brand new journey. Like I had no idea what I was doing, guys. Like I went to submit my book to Amazon three days before it was meant to be published and was like, sweet, here we go. I'm going to pop this up. And they're like, sorry, this takes 72 hours to process. Um, So usually two business days or something like that. And I was sitting there doing the math being like, it's a Friday and my book's going live on Monday is this going to get processed in time? So there were so many hurdles like that where I just didn't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? I didn't know the process of approvals on Amazon. Like after I eventually got it processed, my cover design actually got rejected initially because I had a piece of text touching the edge of the cover. If you guys have seen the cover image, you'll notice the R on power just kind of finishes. Um, The original design, if you look at my Instagram, the original post, the R goes all the way to the edge. So for some reason, Amazon rejected that at the last minute. So we had to change that, then go through the processing again. And then it was the whole process of like, I published it and then I didn't understand how Amazon, uh, how their KDP, their Kindle Direct Publishing reporting worked. So I was trying to track things and it wasn't working. And it was just a lot of stress for a new situation that I'd never been through before. And one of the things that I realized was I I had just really burnt myself out and completely overloaded my central nervous system. Like I felt like I was walking through sludge. Everything was really difficult. I was really tired. I was also struggling to like think on my feet. Like I said earlier, like I'm usually so confident with answering questions on social media and strategy, talking to clients, etc. And suddenly I found myself in meetings being like, uh, 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 like, come on brain, fire up. Uh, what was the other thing I really struggled with? It was like, not getting like overwhelmed by small things. That's usually something I'm really good at as well. 
I can look at my to-do list and be like, okay, boom, boom, boom. This is actually really simple, really easy. And I found myself being like, oh my God, there's so much to do. I'm never going to get through this. What am I going to do? I, I just don't have the energy. I don't have the time. This is stressing me out. And then I'd have someone like my boyfriend that I'd be talking to and he'd be like, okay, cool. Let's talk this through. What do you have to do today? I'm like, oh, I, I have to do this. But then tomorrow I have to do that. And tomorrow I have to do that. And tomorrow I have to do that. And he's like, wait, 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 hold up, Alan. You just have this one project you need to finish today. I was like, yeah. He's like, you can do that. He's like, that's not much. And it was like I suddenly would have the perspective of someone else coming in and giving me the feedback and telling me, you know, this isn't a lot of work to do. And I'd realize, oh, I'm like stressing out because I'm thinking about all the things that I have to do this week and not realizing like, hey, I've actually structured this out fine and I only have, you know, one project, one thing to do each day. I don't need to be stressed. But I lost total control over my stress management, it felt like. I just couldn't have any perspective on my to-do list and my schedule because everything just overwhelmed me. Even if it was something, a project for a client that wasn't due for another two weeks, I felt overwhelmed, which was something that I'm usually quite good at managing. But because of the stress that my body had been through or been under during the book launch and how everything was so new and just heightened levels of, I guess, my brain. (laughs) That's how I'm kind of looking at it. And I was tired. I hadn't really given myself a break. I think the thing with launching a book is you do all of this work in the lead up to it, then you launch it, and then you have to keep going. Like, you have to keep marketing it and promoting it and doing, you know, workshops and interviews and whatnot and just keep pitching your book everywhere. And I was kind of like, wow. I really just want to take a break. Like I've launched the book and I want to take a break, but I'm not hitting my goals. So actually I need to work harder, but I'm tired. And it was just this whole internal dilemma (laughs) going on in my brain. And that was when I kind of chatted to my therapist about it. And one of the things we'd actually worked on in 2022, which worked so well for me, was just not finishing things and letting it go. One of the things I struggle with is having to do everything on my to-do list, having to do every single project, say yes to everything, get everything done. So I kind of realized, actually, there's a whole bunch of stuff I don't have to do that's not urgent. Actually, there is a course launch that I had planned that I don't actually have to do. I could take a break. I was like, actually, I have the power to change my schedule, you know. (laughs) I am my boss. But sometimes you need an outside person or you need a professional who can come in and tell you, like, you're not functioning at your best. Your body is crying out for rest and you need to slow down. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, that caused a lot of friction for me like it was very hard to let go it was very hard for me to push my launch I had planned for February to March because I had all of you know again that fight or flight part of your brain that little piece of brain that likes to search for problems it starts thinking oh Alan but if you move your your March your February launch to March that's going to delay all your other launches that means you're not going to hit your income milestone you're not going to accomplish your goals that's going to be embarrassing Alan that's not what you want and then if you don't meet your goal this year what's going to happen next year And that's a little bit of an insight to the um, evil part of my brain, (laughs) I like to call it. 
And one of the things that I guess in therapy I feel really challenged to do is ask the question, so what? And again, sometimes I'm so good at coaching this to my students in my courses and in my mastermind, but I suck at doing it for myself. (laughs) It's so much easier to tell other people and have perspective on their situation than do it for yourself. So asking myself, okay, Alan, if you don't make half a million dollars this year, so what? So what? You're probably going to land somewhere between 200 and 400,000. And that's freaking amazing. Like step back, have some perspective. So what if you don't meet that goal? It doesn't matter. So what if you don't hit your income goal for February either? Because it's only the second month of the year and you know the magic that can be created in Q4 and Q3. It doesn't all have to happen right now. And I think having my therapist tell me, that again, that outside perspective that, Ellen, you need to focus on yourself was just the reminder that I needed. The reminder that I needed to see what was important in life. And as I was going through this in February, I would say the first two and a half weeks sucked <laughs> because I was still burnt out. I was still tired. I was still stressed. And it was a struggle to slow down because, again, I had to fight that part of my brain that wants to keep going and going and go for the goals, that ambitious part of me, which I love. I love my ambition and I never want to say it's a bad thing. But sometimes I know I need to slow it down and I need to look after myself because that's actually what's going to serve me better in the future. Slowing down to speed up. That's one of my favorite phrases, but it can be hard to do. And I think one of the mistakes I've made a lot in my business is I'll slow down for a weekend, right? I did that in, was it in January? It must've been in January. I took like a weekend camping I was like, cool, okay, I feel so happy now. Like, I've had a weekend away from the internet. This has been fantastic. And then I got back into my desk on Monday or my office and I freaked out. Like, I had a panic attack. There was too much. I couldn't cope. And I got so frustrated with myself because I was like, I gave you a holiday, Alan. <laughs> I gave you two days camping. Why aren't you fixed? <laughs> and it's so funny to say out loud now because I think when sometimes when you voice those internal thoughts, you realize how silly they are. But at the time, it was really frustrating. And again, when I talked this through with my therapist, it was realizing that I, I was putting a lot of conditions on my mental health, my well-being. Like I had to have two days off and then I had to feel more energetic. And I was kind of challenged to think, well, what if it's not that way? What if I actually need longer off? What if I actually just need to pause and listen to myself and just go from there? What if there weren't conditions? And again, this was something that I struggled with for the first half of February was being like, okay, February, month of self-love, month of me, let's take every Friday off and go play golf and go do something fun for myself. Let's finish work every day at three o'clock and it's going to be fantastic. And then I managed to take a Monday off instead of a Friday because it was Waitangi Day. And then I was kind of beating myself up being like, oh, I can't take Friday off now. And then I'm like, wait, hold up. I'm still doing a four day week. I still had one day off. Like, Why am I beating myself up? And then the next week I got really busy and I couldn't take the Friday off. But then when I looked at it, I was like, well, it's because I had half days on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Like I took a really easy chill day. So then I had to work on the Friday 
and I was putting conditions on my my health, my well-being, which again is something that I do a lot, I've now realized. And I don't think any of these things looking after yourself should be something that's conditional. And I think it's a good lesson for everyone to to watch yourself in terms of letting that ego slip in and letting the ego be like, oh, oh you didn't take your Friday off. You suck, Alan. Like, uh. Or on the flip side, oh, well done, Alan. You took your weekend campaign. You are amazing. Like that ego can be such a dangerous thing. And I think sometimes it's a matter of just letting things be and listening to yourself in the moment. Now, I just want to say that I'm not perfect. And sometimes I'll have these really cool epiphanies and lessons and then still need to be reminded of, of them later down the track. And, you know, everyone has their their slip ups. But I think the important takeaway for me was, number one, slowing down and letting myself have extended breaks and just reminding myself what's important, right? Like my business isn't actually number one. Number one is my well-being, my happiness. Number two is like my friends and family. Number three is just like, well, I guess number one and two combined. It's all about just enjoying my life and living life because I think life is so short and I don't want my business to be my everything. My business is the the vehicle for me to be able to afford all of the amazing opportunities and, and experiences life has to offer, but it is not my life. And that's something I've been very firm on from the beginning of creating my business when I went through my horrendous breakup and I had, again, another epiphany of <laughs> being like, hey, actually, I don't care about my business if it's, you know, going to destroy relationships around me. I don't care about making huge amounts of money. I just want to be happy. Like, that's what's most important. And in this this month of February, that was a key thing that I needed to recenter on because as business owners, it's so easy to get swept up in the adrenaline, in the excitement, in the numbers, in the income, and something that actually popped into my inbox a couple of days ago, which I really resonated with, was you guys have probably heard me talk about Vanessa Lau before. I did her Boss Graham Academy course. When was that? Right when I started my business full-time. So end of 2019, beginning of 2020. And she's someone that I have really admired and looked up to in my business journey. A huge inspiration and mentor for me. And if you guys don't follow her, she's very successful, multi-million dollar coach in the online space. And she announced that she's going on an indefinite sabbatical. So she has closed down her programs, not just Boss, Boss Graham Academy, but also she has closed down her mastermind, which I know was a multi-million dollar launch mastermind. And I think in her email, she said she had refunded people because she just wanted to close it. She didn't want to see out the contract she had signed there. And she's just taking time off for herself. And initially this shocked me because I was like, oh my God, why would you throw in the towel when you have all of this success, all of these amazing programs? Like you launched that mastermind in November and you had 35 or something, 35, 40 people sign up and you made a million dollars from one launch. I was like, what is happening? But the more I read her email and the more I thought about it myself, 
it was kind of quite eye-opening to see that you can have it all. You can have a multi-million dollar online business. You can have the mansion. You can have the Porsche. You can have the Hermes handbags, the Cartier jewelry, all of those things on my vision board. You can have all that. And it doesn't mean you're going to be happy, right? And that's something that I really need to remind myself again, because those things are on my vision board. Those are things that I really want to tick off in life, big goals for me. But I think I need to remind myself that my happiness and my self-worth doesn't come from those things. And this is why in my book, Bitch Power, I wrote so much about confidence, self-love and looking after yourself because that at the end of the day is the most important thing, not just for the longevity and foundations of your business, but also for just enjoying your life. And again, we're diving into a very deep topic here. (laughs) I don't want to talk forever, but it was just interesting that that came up in my inbox during for me what was quite a tough month of that internal battle of I want to do all of the things but I want to be happy and I want to slow down and I want to rest but I want to achieve my goals but I want to rest (laughs) that was the battle that I was having and that email and my kind of thought pattern that was triggered from that email was a really another interesting reminder for me and I'm really interested to see Vanessa come back. I hope she does eventually come back from her sabbatical just so we can all learn from her experience of taking time off. But I know that I've really struggled in memory to switch off that brain. Even like putting this podcast on pause, it was like, oh, but what's that going to do to my stats? Like, is that going to tank things? You know, the podcast has been growing so well. I don't want to jeopardize all of my hard work. And then it was also like, oh, I've got a podcast editor. That means like that ends a contract for her for a month, essentially. And feeling that responsibility. I, I have this problem a lot, feeling responsible for my team members and, and the income that I sort of provide them. And you start having, again, it's that fight or flight mode. It's that panic you know, part of your brain that starts looking for reasons why, looking for problems, when the reality was, it was just a simple decision of, hey, I need a break, and I'm going to take a break. And you know what, I'm going to re-energize, charge my batteries. And the positive that I can take from this is coming back with more energy for the podcast with coming back with more to talk about, being more excited to record episodes. And I needed that. But Our brains, our stupid brains, (laughs) think of the negative. They think of the problems and they panic first often when we try and make these decisions, especially when it comes to taking a break. And I think that's something that I really want to carry throughout 2023. I'm kind of reassessing my goals in terms of structuring launches. A big thing for me is creating more passive income in my business this year and more automated course sales. And I have signed up to a really cool mastermind to help me do that even further. But I am seeing it already begin. And that was the really cool thing about this month. I was a little bit disappointed because I'm like, hey, I'm getting to February and my income is going to probably be the same as it was January, February, 2022, you know, it's been a whole year, but my income hasn't grown. And then when I started to think about it more, I was like, hang on, Alan, your income's the same, but you're working with less clients. You haven't done a single 
proper launch for the Dishing Up Digital School. You haven't done a special promo. You haven't done a sale like you relied on so much in early 2022. There's no cart open, cart close. It's just been chilling there. You've got some cool automated funnels now. I had around five sales for the Dishing Up Digital School this month where I didn't lift a finger for the month of February, I should say. Like I did not have a conversation. I did not have a discovery call. These people just bought the course through my funnels. And that was really cool to see. And my social media, the approach that I took in February was just to post when I felt like it and when I had content. Now, I'm lucky in that I'm always kind of like pre-recording and batching. So I had a whole bunch of content from January that I hadn't posted yet. And I also use the documentation method for my social strategy. I document a lot. I take clips of whatever I'm doing and I repurpose that into various pieces of content across TikTok, across Instagram, across Instagram stories, reels, etc. So I never had a day this month where I'm like, okay, I have to sit down and film content and create content. It was very natural. It was very fluid. I was only putting up around two, two or three feed posts a week, I think. Maybe one week I did four in early, early February. Because again, I was trying to do a challenge with my mastermind posting four times a week. And I got halfway through Feb and I was like, you know what, Ellen, you don't actually have to do that. Like, I know you wanted to set a really good example for your mastermind, but it's, again, what's important, looking after yourself, looking after your well-being. And I just focused on making fun content, content that I wanted to make. And that was really refreshing for me. And what I said earlier in the episode was what was really cool around taking a step back around not focusing heavily on producing content, producing marketing material, just doing what felt good when I had the energy to, and then also forcing myself to stop a lot of things when I came up with crazy new ideas of things I wanted to do. And the impact of that on my income was still a 20K month. And that 20K doesn't even include the payment from one of my biggest clients at the moment because they prepaid me in full in December. So that hasn't logged in my zero, which I checked this morning around like my monthly income. It only takes the transactions from February 1st to February 28th. That was $20,000 came into my business in that time. And the other big thing that happened in February that I can't believe I haven't actually like mentioned properly <laughs> was I was obviously moving house and not just moving house, moving cities, moving from Wellington to Auckland. My partner and I are relocating. We want to be back in Auckland. That's where we're from. Be closer to family. And geez, the moving process is stressful. Auckland has had a lot of floods. And right when we started looking for rentals was when they had their worst flooding. So a lot of people were displaced. A lot of houses were no longer livable. And the rental market was, excuse the pun, pun, flooded with a lot more customers. It was very competitive. I went to Auckland for 10 days in the beginning of Feb and I did not get a rental. We got rejected from two beautiful places that I absolutely fell in love with. And it was very difficult to be going through this kind of emotional process of trying to slow down and, and not be stressed and then be in that sort of scenario where I felt like I had no control. So again, that's where having someone like my therapist is super helpful when I feel like things are a bit out of control, someone that I can talk to and recenter and and come back to some of the strategies that we have in place for my stress and anxiety. And yeah, it was a, another moment where I tried to reframe the story and be like, actually, this is pretty awesome. 
that I'm able to take an entire day off work to go look at rentals to fill out their stupidly long application forms. But I was kind of like, hey, how lucky am I that I have the flexibility to do that, to drop everything because I'm the boss of my own business and focus on finding a beautiful place to live. And we do have a place to live. We are now officially moving, which I'm so excited about. And I can't wait to share my new little office and decorating that and setting that all up in Auckland and super excited to be closer to all of my friends and family. But it was a big part of Feb of why I was like, this is just another, you know, plate that I'm spinning (laughs) and I'm trying to juggle. And I can't do it all. And obviously couldn't put moving off because we had a set date. We had a date where our lease in Wellington was ending. Um, My boyfriend had sorted things out with his work to be able to transfer offices. And likewise, like there were things that couldn't be stopped. There were certain client commitments that I had. But there were other things that I could control, that I could force myself to slow down on. And it can be really hard to step back. But my whole reason behind recording this podcast was I really wanted to show you guys that burnout is real, (laughs) everyone struggles with, you know, anxiety, stress management, all of that kind of stuff, and that slowing down can be beneficial, not just for you and your well-being, but for your business as well. And to be the standing proof and reminder that if you slow down, if you start saying no, if you push projects, your business isn't going to fall apart. It's still going to be here. And the fact that I had a 20K month, like I had an 18K month in, um, in January. So it's just hilarious to me that I completely slowed down and made more money. (laughs) like I can't help but laugh but Ellen on the 28th of January when she was making that decision to reduce her workload in February was like this isn't going to work like I'm going to make no money and a moving house like oh my gosh what am I going to do about money like all of the outgoings of moving and not enough incomings and that's just so far from the truth and I think like I've said a few times in this episode sometimes our brains are just evil and we just catastrophize everything and we stress ourselves out for no reason and I hope this podcast has been insightful for you guys and you've enjoyed listening I think it was just something that I I just wanted to record a lot for myself I know it's not about social media but you guys know how much I value mindset and I think it's important to note that our mindset is not bulletproof no matter how far along you are in your business journey we need to reflect and and Uh, reflect and reassess our strategies and we need to take breaks our mindset isn't something that we can just pick up and dust off the floor in every single scenario sometimes it just needs to go to sleep (laughs) sometimes we just need to chill out and watch Netflix and relax and turn off that guilt and know that what we're doing is beneficial for the long run of life and business And I think, again, that key takeaway for me has been, where do I want to be in my life? What do I, you know, what's going to make me happy? And I don't think making half a million dollars is going to be the thing that makes me happy. Of course, it is the tool, you know, money is the tool that can give us access to a lot of different things and, and allow us to experience a lot. But I think this is a good, a good reminder 
So I'm going to leave it there before I ramble on for too long in your earbuds. <laughs> but remember to subscribe and please send me a message on Instagram if you enjoyed this particular topic. If you'd like me to do a part two, if you'd like me to do an update in maybe April or May around how I'm managing things. At the moment, I have pushed my launch to March. So that is this month. So I'm really excited. I've got a really big live training, a new live program that I'm going to be launching at the end of March. And I feel so good about launching this now, guys. Like I don't feel anxious. I don't feel stressed. I feel very calm, very grounded and just energized and ready to go. So I'm really excited about that. April for me will be all about delivering that live program to the people that sign up in March and then May is actually when I'm going overseas so I'm going on a trip to London in the middle of May and that's going to be a really good month for me to again slow down so it's going to be February is slow down March is speed up April is kind of maintaining the speed <laughs> and then May we're bringing it right back down and I really want to give myself some good time off in May. So that's the next few months from me. I hope you subscribe to follow along and stay tuned and again hop over on Instagram and say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening. Bye guys.